Welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McCrary. I'm doing this podcast solo today, and we have a really cool episode with a very special guest. So yesterday, I had the amazing opportunity to interview Trevor Lawrence, who is arguably the best player in college football. I got to sit down, talk to him about this this past season, talk to him about his journey up to this point. I also talked to him about Corona. Um, it was a nice conversation. Also, in this pod, we're going to continue to talk about free agency. We talked about that last time. There were some more signings and trades that went down the past couple of days. And we'll also, and uh, to finish the pod off, we'll talk about the quarterbacks in this draft class. But anyways, here's the interview. I hope you enjoy. Alright, well, uh, first off, thank you so much for being willing to do this. Yeah, man. No problem. Um, so, like, the, obviously, coming out of high school, you were really hyped up. You were, I believe, number two in the entire country behind fields. Some some people or some medias would have you number one. Did you ever expect to get to this point in your college career so early? Because you're only just into your, your junior season. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, I think that's always been the goal, but right. it's kind of hard to envision exactly how it's going to pan out. So uh, that's always been my goal is to, you know, one day win a national championship, which was fortunate enough to do that my freshman year. And then now it's, you know, trying to chase that again, win another one. Right. Uh, before, you know, I move on. But um, really, it's just been, I mean, this is how you hope it would go, but you just never know. Back in high school, you know, I wasn't really sure how it would play out. Right. Yeah. Uh, how was uh, the experience at the Elite 11? Because I know you guys yeah. didn't do that, which is pretty cool. It was really good. It was, uh, it taught me a lot just about. Yeah. Really, I think one is time management. We had to study a lot. We had a playbook, mm-hmm. and we were there for a week or so. And we uh, they tested us a lot just on our memory, you know, how fast we could learn things and just adjust to things we're not used to. So that was really good for me before I went to school. Right, being able to be in that environment, and it, I think it prepared me a lot for for yeah. college. You see, it like becomes friends with Justin Fields because like because y'all are just both of y'all are incredible quarterbacks, and so going forward, it's going to be hard to have your name mentioned or his name mentioned without mentioning the other. Yeah, we uh, we had known each other a little bit because we trained with the same with one of the same guys. Mm-hmm. So um, we had seen each other a little bit and just did a bunch of different camps. And through that and a lot of other things in the summer, we kind of became friends. And, you know, we talk every now and then. And then it's just kind of ironic. Ended up playing him this past season yeah. in the Fiesta Bowl. So it was just kind of cool how that worked out. Yeah. Um, obviously, you dream, like, as a kid of, growing up being a great quarterback and becoming the number one pick how does it feel knowing that that in like a year or two whenever you come out that you're gonna probably be the number one pick and probably be one of the best quarterback prospects ever uh it's just you know there's a lot of things that got to go right for that to happen so you know it's just remembering that I'm fortunate to be in this situation but also you know it's taking a lot of work so for me it's just just not messing anything up you know just continue to be the same person and that's my biggest thing is Regardless of the success or failures or trials, uh, sorry. <laughs> no, Regardless fine. of you know whether failure, success, whatever it is, I just want to always be the same person and and never change. Regardless of whether it's money, uh, wins, whatever that is, right. don't let that affect me. Yeah, cool. Um. So, uh, past two years you've had a really good team and you've you've been blessed with playing with some good teammates, including Travis Etienne. Uh, I know he probably reached out to you. Were you surprised that he decided to return this year instead of going pro? Because he would have been a Top, yeah. He would have been drafted in the first few rounds. Yeah, we talked a little bit about just kind of his decision. And, you know, I'm not in his situation, so I couldn't really, you know, obviously wouldn't tell him what to do. Just, right. We talked a little bit before, and I kind of thought, you know, he might he might come back. So, but I wasn't sure. He didn't tell me for sure. And then I think he made that decision over our uh, break after the season. Mm-hmm. And really happy he's coming back. He's going to help yeah. us a lot. I mean, there's yeah. not many guys. If any, there's really not any guys like him. So uh, Yeah. We're like, y'all's offense is stacked. Like with Justin Ross. Yeah, Etienne, and obviously you y'all y'all have a really good offense. Yeah, um, we're excited. So the playoffs. Uh, what what was going through your head when you were down sixteen nothing to Ohio State? Because the beginning of that game was obviously rough. Y'all couldn't really get much going offensively in the mm-hmm. first quarter. Eventually, y'all were able to come back. But at that point, what was going through your mind on the sideline? Just um, a couple of things in games like that that happened. You know, they, yeah. They, the defense was making really good adjustments. Ohio State was some of the things that we game planned for. They weren't doing so that would kind of that kind of changed up our plan a little bit. So we had to feel them out and see you know what was working. And um, but from there, just we all had we all just knew that we were confident we were going to come back. We just had to get the ball rolling somehow. So we had a couple momentum plays where the 
were the key to that. And then once we got the first score, we really were back in it pretty much. So we knew we could put some drives together. Yeah. How how was the feeling after the interception by Fields in the game? Cause that that was yeah. a wild play. Yeah, I mean it was it was awesome. Obviously, I put my got to put myself in his shoes too. And yeah. In the in the moment, I was super excited, but you know, watching the replays and all the highlights and stuff, it's you know you kind of put yourself in his shoes and you feel for him. Yeah, you got to feel for him. You hate how it. I mean, ended with the receiver and him on a different page, but mm-hmm. um, no, I mean I was pumped. That's one of the most exciting games I've been a part of. Yeah, that was a, a really exciting game. Mm-hmm. Um. Now the next game, the lot y'all lost LSU. Uh, that was tough. Was there anything you learned from that game that that you will use that will help you moving forward into this season? Yeah, I think just um, I just I think I learned how to be a better leader. You know, I think I did a pretty good job leading the guys, especially after a loss. I haven't had to do that yet, so it's definitely different. You know, in the locker room, seeing everyone's heads down as opposed to we had yeah. won twenty nine in a row before that, so. It was different, I, you know, I feel like I brought into my leadership in that area, you know, just being the guy that can also pick us up after a loss instead of just being there to, I mean, it's easy after a win. So kind of got, I was, I'm a better leader now. Uh, and I'd say too, with that, it's just, I think I've learned some things about myself, some more weaknesses, some stuff mm-hmm. I need to work on just for, for this next season. Yeah. That's a weird experience because you, y'all, you have, before that you never lost a game in college. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I bet that was a weird experience yeah. for y'all. Um, Okay, I meant to ask this earlier. How do you so like ever since 2016 when Lamar Jackson was at Louisville, the ACC is kind of uh, the talent with the top teams has declined. Like mm-hmm. Florida State, Louisville, um, they're usually top 25 teams. They're kind of dipping, um, and they're at a low spot right now. Uh, how do you deal with like media and college football fans when they criticize your your strength of schedule? Like after yeah. y'all had that close win against North Carolina, everyone was just killing Clemson. <laughs> for that and not giving them the credit they deserve, even when y'all went on that tear for the rest of the season and y'all were killing everybody. Yeah. I think it's just keeping in mind that people are going to, people are always looking to find a way to spin it the way they want to spin it. You know, they, that's just how it was that season. You know, even when we were playing well, hadn't lost in a while, it was still like, eh, I don't, I don't know how good Clemson is. Then right. once we give anyone a reason, if it's a close game or whatever, then they just take it and run with it. So I think that's the biggest thing is then, also, just realizing you know, it's not our fault the conference right. we we play in. This is, I mean, you look back the past thirty years, and the ACC is one of the best conferences in college football. It's just uh, down a little bit in some areas the last couple of years. So, really, that's just something you can't help. And then, um, other than that, I think our you know it speaks for itself. Our play whenever we play top teams from either the Big Ten, the SEC, you know, whatever it is, we've uh, we've played well. I think we're in the playoff. We're um, maybe seven and four. I don't remember what, but something like that is our right. record. So those are against the top four teams in the country. Yeah. Well, I've always thought that argument was stupid. Like pe- people would just criticize y'all for, and it's like a lose lose situation. If you kill teams, it's because your schedule's weak. Yeah. But if it's a close win, then it like then you y'all just suck, and it's ridiculous yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah. But like it's just stupid. Like because mm-hmm. I was a big supporter of Utah late in the season when they were killing teams until yeah. they lost to Oregon. But it's just I, that's something that I think is ridiculous yeah. that the media tries to run with that narrative. Yeah, um, for sure. I think it's if you're winning that yeah. just, that makes up for it. You know, well, if, if you're good, your play on the field is going to reflect that, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, have y'all been able to like? I'm pretty sure. I don't know if this is true. Like, are all spring activities canceled for college football? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's by conference. Yeah, uh, they kind of decide by conference, but we're the ACC and maybe the SEC too. I don't even know really, but I know for sure the ACC has canceled all yeah spring sports and activities. Mm-hmm. So I mean, baseball, basketball, softball, all that stuff is done, and we can't we can't finish spring practice and. Um, there's a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, we can't be in the facility. Just oh, a lot really? Of, oh. Okay, I was going to ask you that. So you can't be in the facilities? Yeah, yeah, it's just they're trying to keep everything quarantined. Right. Which is, which is smart. I think it's good that we're doing our part, but it's it's definitely weird. This is the first time since I've been in school that everything's been stopped like this. Yeah. How's that going to affect y'all going into the season? Because I'm sure like all the spring practices help y'all yeah. uh, create some chemistry and y'all get to figure out plays and stuff. How's that going to affect y'all going into the season? Uh, I think it, it will it will have somewhat of an effect as far as just our uh, growth, how fast we you know mm-hmm. get to get to the point where we feel like we're ready to play. But also, I mean, it's it's fair though. You know, everyone's in the same spot, right. so that's fine. You know, as long as it's happening to everyone, yeah, it's it's not a big deal. We're all going to be level playing field. But it definitely is going to be different. I think it's going to 
you know, cost some teams to have maybe mm-hmm. some a few more hiccups early just because they haven't got to iron out all those uh, yeah. wrinkles. Yeah. Um, do you know who Brian Reese is? I believe he's a true freshman coming in. Yep. Have yep. you met him? Yeah, he's there. He's he's at school already. He, he early enrolled. I've had my eye on him. He's I've seen some of his smell from from high school. Mm-hmm. He is a beast. Yeah, he's he's really good. He's uh he's gonna be a good player. He'll play a lot this year. Yeah, he's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have for you. That's thank, it. Thank you for good, doing man. this. Yeah, yeah man. Of course. It. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude. No problem. Enjoyed it. It's awesome. All right, I'm back. And before we continue with the rest of the podcast, I just want to say thank you to Trevor Lawrence for being willing to do an interview with me. That was a really fun experience. He didn't have to do it, so I'm just thankful that he was willing to do that. And I had a lot of fun. It was a really good interview. I hope you all enjoyed it. And just thank you to him. Uh, But let's keep it going, talking about free agency. So Tom Brady announced earlier this week that he was leaving the, the New England Patriots after 20 20 years, I believe, with the with the franchise. Um, he's 42 years old now, and he's leaving the New England Patriots to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A surprising move. Um, at the start of all of this, when the rumors of him leaving started to come to the surface, I never really thought of the Buccaneers as a legitimate option for him, a legitimate landing spot for Brady. I thought he would go to a place. I thought the Chargers or the Titans were in the most likely destinations, just because I thought they were the best fit football-wise. Now, obviously, he made a decision to go to Tampa uh, to be closer to his family, so I totally respect that. I understand that, and I get that move. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. He's 42 years old now. He's out of his prime. His play on the field is starting to decline a bit. He's still good, but his play on the field is obviously starting to decline a little bit. Um, but I respect him for making this decision. I really thought the tight that he would probably go to the Titans or the Chargers. Once the Titans re-signed Tannehill for all that money they gave him, I thought he it would. I thought the best fit for him would be the Chargers because they have a really good team. They have a really good defense. Uh, they're getting Derwin James back. James missed the entire season last year to get him back. They made some big moves in free agency, adding on to their defense. They got Chris Harris Jr. Uh, they got a defensive tackle. I'm having a brain fart right now forgetting his name, but they added a big-time defensive tackle. Uh, they made a trade for Trey Turner. Uh, they signed uh, an offensive tackle I'm going to talk about later in this episode. So they made some huge, huge moves in free agency to improve their roster. And I really thought they would have been a, a great landing spot for him. Um, and, but instead, he decided to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's a really interesting fit because they have a lot of, um, they have some amazing weapons there in Tampa Bay. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin, two of the best receivers in the entire NFL. He also has a very solid tight end, O.J. Howard. He's, he's a really talented tight end, but last season he had a really rough year. Uh, I don't really know if it was his system or if he just struggled, uh, but he was getting less playing time than Cameron Braid at times. He's really good, got a lot of talent, like I said earlier, uh, but it was a rough year. There, the talent is there, though, so I think I think he could be a good target for Tom Brady. Um, and they also have some some good running backs there. They have Ronald Jones, who's got a lot of potential. He had a, a solid year last year. They also have uh, Peyton Barber. Not as good as Ronald Jones, but he's a decent backup. So they got a lot of weapons on that offense. But the fit is kind of weird because Bruce Arians' offense is more of a vertical offense. It's not because Tom Brady, his play style is more dink and dunk. He's very smart. Can make a, He's great at making adjustments pre-snap. Um, and he, he's more of a dink and dunk. He doesn't have tremendous arm strength, especially at this stage in his career. Um, so he's, you know, dinking and dunking, hitting, hitting check downs, um, not throwing the ball deep down the field. And so it's going to be a, a real adjustment for some of these guys. And so it's, it's kind of a weird fit with, with Tom Brady and Mike Evans and him and Chris Godwin. It'll be interesting to see how they mesh on the field. But that's just a lot of firepower offensively. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a really good defense last year. Uh, I would say a more, they had a really good run defense. Their defense as a whole was okay. Their their pass defense wasn't that great. It ranked 32nd in the NFL. They had the best run defense in the entire league last year. Um, so they can do. There's some improvements to be made on, on the defensive side of the ball. 
Um, but they'll, they'll have opportunities to do that in the draft. Uh, this is gonna, it's gonna be really fun to watch Tom Brady face off against some of those NFC NFC South quarterbacks. Like he'll be going up against Tom, uh, Drew Brees twice a year, Matt Ryan, uh, now Teddy Bridgewater with him joining the Panthers. So it's gonna be really fun to see him in that in that division because it's very competitive. Uh, those they there's some really really talented teams in the in the NFC South. So it'll be fun to see him match up against those tremendous quarterbacks in that division. But yeah, it's going to be really fun. Tampa Bay is the location of the Super Bowl next year. So po- we could possibly see Tampa Bay hosting the Super Bowl. That If they if they play in it, they're going to be the host of it. So that would be cool to see. And that would be the first time ever if it were to actually happen. So th- that would be really cool to see. Uh, good luck to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Uh, he made a, a family decision a decision for his family, um, and it's a, it's a really interesting fit football-wise, but I think it can honestly work out. I really do. Uh, Bruce Arians is going to have a lot of fun with Tom Brady at the helm. It's going to be a, a real nice change for them, going from Jameis Winston, who had, who although did have a great statistical season with 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, he also had 30 picks. So it's going to be really, really fun for Arians to have a quarterback he can truly rely on to not turn the ball over. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch the Buccaneers. They're, they're going to be a must-watch team, especially if you have game pass. You're going to want to keep your eyes on them. All right, uh, so Carolina, they uh, have a new quarterback. I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode. Uh, I'm pretty sure we did not. I'm pretty sure this had not happened yet. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater signed a three-year, $63 million deal, deal with the Carolina Panthers. And this is interesting. It sounded like the Panthers were going to be moving moving on to the next season with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. Obviously, their pl- their plans changed. They signed Teddy Bridgewater. It looks like Cam Newton will, will most likely get traded. I don't know where because there's not a lot of quarterback needy teams right now. Uh, the Chargers need a quarterback, but they've made it known that they are sticking with Tyrod Taylor and they don't want to trade for a veteran quarterback and they're not going to sign one. Maybe they draft one. Because uh, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks in this draft class, uh, but I don't know where they're gonna, where else he could go. I mean, Chicago got their quarterback. Is there another quarterback needy team right now? I I can't really think of one. Um, nothing is coming to my head immediately. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, good quarterback. Uh, doesn't turn the ball over. I don't think he's gonna win you games. He's not gonna lose you games. Very solid with the Saints last year. My one issue, and this, and I'm not a huge Bridgewater guy now, like at this point in his career. Last year, he went five and zero with the Saints when Drew Brees went down. But their defense really carried the team in those games. Their offense struggled to score. Um, and so the, he really relied on the defense to get them through those games. Bridgewater isn't a bad quarterback. He's still good and can play. Um, and just like $20, 20 million dollars a year, like twenty one million a year, is that worth it? I don't know. Uh, but I mean, oof, that's a big contract for Bridgewater. I do like him though. Um, and I think he's a solid quarterback. Hopefully, it'll pay off for the for the Panthers. It sounds like they're trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence next year, possibly. Uh, which I mean, I think if you're not going to be great, or if you're if if you're not going to be good next year, if you're going to be mediocre, you might as well just go ahead and suck, because there are two amazing quarterbacks in that draft class next year. Trevor and Justin Fields both are spectacular quarterbacks. Like everyone's going to fall in love with those guys. They're truly, truly amazing. They're going to be amazing quarterback prospects. Uh, but I, I do like this contract, $21 million, um, a little bit much. I don't know if Bridgewater is worth that, uh, but he's a solid quarterback option. I, and with Cam Newton's health being a huge question mark, this is a solid deal. I like it, and I think that, I think he's going to do good things in Carolina. All right, moving on. Uh, the Bills reached a two-year extension with uh, safety Jordan Poyer. He's been one of the deepest leaders. The past couple of years, he's a really, really good safety. I like him. Uh, good move to keep him in Buffalo. That's smart. He he's a really good safety. Uh, the Mills are having a pretty good offseason so far. Uh, they traded for Stephon Diggs, who is an interesting fit. It's kind of I don't I don't love the fit, but uh, because I, 
he they need someone when Josh Allen Josh Allen's a good quarterback. But he struggles with his accuracy. Sometimes he can be off target. And I feel like they need a receiver that can make plays deep down the field, but also has a really big catch radius. So I'm thinking of T. Higgins or uh, Denzel Mims. I think Mims would have been a great pick at 22. And he might have actually been a better fit for this Buffalo offense than Stephon Diggs. But if you if you have the chance to get a receiver as talented as Diggs, it's really, really hard to turn that down. So I understand why they did it. And he'll be good in their offense because they need a big-time receiver. Like Their number one receiver was John Brown last year, uh, who, who's good, but he's not who you want to be your number one guy. So um, they got the number one guy. They, they're keeping Poyer. They've had a pretty good offseason. Um, and they're probably the favorites to win their division, especially with Tom Brady leaving the Patriots. They, they're, I mean... It was, I don't know if you can argue for any other team. The Patriots could, if they get a quarterback, make a move for somebody like Cam Newton I could, or Jameis Winston, I could possibly see them winning the division with how good their defense is. But I would put my money on the Bills for now. Um, oh, Brian Belaga. He signed with the Chargers. This is a huge move for them. They traded uh, Ru- uh, Russell Okung for Trey Turner. Uh and that was a big move. Trey Turner's been, he was a pro bar last year. Now they bring, pick up Balaga. And with this signing, there's a lot of speculation about what they would do with the sixth pick in the draft. It looks like they're probably going to take a quarterback. Now, whether that be Tua, maybe they try to trade up with Detroit to take Tua. Uh, maybe they go with Justin Herbert. Um, maybe they go with Jordan Love. They have a lot of options. You could also see them going, maybe if they want to get more, uh, just add some depth to their offensive line, maybe they go with, you know, uh, Mekhi Becton at six. But with this signing, I, it looks like they're probably going to go with a quarterback, and I I would not be surprised to see them trade up and take Tua Tagovailoa, uh, or Tagovailoa. I forgot that his last name is really weird and really hard to pronounce. Uh, but I like this signing. Bulaga is a really, really good tackle. And I believe, I don't know what the terms of the deal are, uh, but I like the signing. It's gonna. It, this is gonna add some protection to who, for whoever their quarterback is, whether it's Taylor or a rookie quarterback. I like that signing. All right, Colts. Uh, they're signed. They signed Philip Rivers to a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal. I like this deal. It's the perfect amount of money for Philip Rivers. I didn't love Philip Rivers' performance last year. Thought he was too turnover-prone. Uh, that might be because their offensive line really struggled last season. I like what he has around him in Indianapolis. I want to see them add some weapons on their offense. They need somebody beside T, besides T.Y. Hilton. Uh, they need a wide receiver, too. Uh, Paris Campbell's going to, hopefully, if, if he can stay healthy, he can be a really good a really good weapon for Phillip Rivers, but he's just got to stay healthy because I really liked him coming out of the draft last year uh, when he dealt with some injury issues. They, I, need, I want to see them pick somebody up, whether it's in the second round or the third round. I want to see them add another weapon to that offense. But the Colts have been very active in free agency. They traded the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner, uh, who was one of the best defensive tackles in the entire league. He's an amazing player. I love him. Um, and this just, like, the Colts are huge. They're contenders now. They're a legitimate contender with Phillip Rivers uh, at the helm behind the center. I like this signing. Uh, Philip Rivers, he's only going to be there for one year. I I could see them drafting a quarterback in the second round, like Jake Fromm or maybe Jacob Eason, if they want to go with someone that has decent upside. Um, but I like this. I think it really helps their chance to contend for the championship. I like this signing. Okay, now Jordan Howard, he signed with the Dolphins, and he was um he was solid last year. Had a couple of big games for the Eagles. I like this signing for them. Um, it's a two-year deal worth $10 million. That's not a whole lot of money for Howard. I like this signing. And the Dolphins have been very active in free agency. You know, they've been, they've improved their defense with a lot of deals they've made, at, including adding Byron Jones, one of the best corners in the NFL. A lot of people will criticize Byron Jones because he doesn't have a lot of interceptions. Uh, but he doesn't give up a huge completion percentage. Uh, he's not going to allow a ton of completions. So I like that. He's a shutdown corner. Um, not much of a ball hawk. 
but he is a shutdown corner. Um, I like this move, Howard. He's a solid running back, and the Dolphins kind of need a running back right now. And it, and they're just they're gonna be able to use the draft to improve their offense because they have a they just have a ton of holes. They need basically everything now. And now they don't need a corner, so they've really filled that spot, filled that need through free free agency. Uh, but they have so many holes in their offense. They're gonna be able to fill a lot of those in the draft. I like that move. And then okay, so there have been so many terrible trades made. Uh. In, free, in the offseason so far, from the Falcons overpaying for Hayden Hurst to the Cardinals just fleecing the Cardinals for DeAndre Hopkins. We saw another terrible trade the other day. The Titans trading Jarrell Casey to the Broncos for a seventh-round pick. This makes no sense. Jarrell Casey's been a pro bowler for the past five years, and... He's not even that old. Like, he was 30 years old last season. That's not even that old. He had five sacks. He's worth much more than a seventh-round pick. That's a, that's like su- that's such a good value uh, for the Broncos. Like, this tra- they not destroyed out of the park. This is a great move for them. I can't believe the Titans did this. A seventh-round pick for Jarrell Casey, a pro bowler? Are you kidding me? And he's not even that old. I don't, I don't really understand this trade on behalf of the Titans. But I love this trade for the Broncos. A great value trade. I, I love uh, trades that ha- when you get a player for a great value. I love those kinds of trades. Props to the Broncos for robbing the Titans of a Pro Bowl, of a Pro Bowl t- uh, defensive tackle. Great move here. Um, Pats. Patriots defensive lineman Danny Shelton. He's leaving the Patriots. Signing with the Lions on a two-year deal for $8 million total. Great signing. He's been a solid defensive tackle for the past few years. He's joining the Lions, um, just making their front seven even better, or their their defensive line. Their defensive line was really strong last year, and they add Danny Shelton to that. Shelton, I like Shelton. He's solid. Not great, not flashy, just a really solid defensive tackle. I like this move for them. Okay, let's see. This has been a really rough free agency for the Patriots. Here's who they've lost so far. They've lost Tom Brady, Danny Shelton, Kyle Van Noy, and Jamie Collins. That is a lot of really good players they're losing. That's four four really good starters. That sucks for them. And it's I'm interested to see how they retool and kind of rebuild a bit. They're not going to go into a full rebuild right now, especially with how dominant their defense was last year. They're going to continue to retool through the draft. I'm really interested to see if they get a quarterback in the first round because with the Colts, Cutting away the 13th pick and the Chargers making all their moves, it looks like Jordan Love could possibly fall to the second round. Now, I could see the Raiders picking, drafting him. Um, I could also see the Patriots picking him. I'm really intrigued with Jordan Love and where he's going to go in the draft right now because it seems like he could go from anywhere from the top 20 to the second round. I'm really, really. I'm excited to see where he goes and to see how, how where his dra- where he ends up getting drafted because it's kind of an unknown right now where Love is going to go. It, it's a, it's one of the most intriguing storylines of the entire draft, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, this has just been a, a tough offseason for the Patriots. They've lost a lot of guys. Uh, lost the best player in franchise history in Tom Brady, who's the greatest football player ever. Uh, and so that's just... Those are four really good players they're losing. That sucks for them. And, okay, quarterback trade. Jacksonville traded Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears for a compensatory fourth-round pick. Uh, Great pickup by the Bears. They're adding Nick Foles, who will probably replace Mitchell Trubisky. I don't like Trubisky. Um, He's too inconsistent. He's got a lot of talent. uh, But he's just inconsistency is his problem, in my opinion. And they're going to add Nick Foles, who has championship um, experience. He's won a Super Bowl. Was he, he had a really, a really, really impressive playoff run with the Eagles a few years back in 2017 when they beat the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I like this pickup. And it didn't even cost much. They, I mean, they only had to trade a fourth-round pick for Foles, who had a, a roller coaster season with the Jaguars last year. He got mixed for Gardner Minshew. But the talent is there. I think he could be successful with the Chicago Bears. It'll be really interesting interesting to see how how he pans out in Chicago. I really like this trade. Um and oh, oh 
Also, uh, I have to note, Matt Nagy has worked with Foles in the past, and he knows him well. So that's that's cool. Um, that's interesting. So I wonder how I wonder how um, things will work out there with that quarterback battle. It'll be fun to see who wins that. I expect Nick Foles maybe not to win the quarterback battle at first, but I think he'll be starting sooner rather than later. All right. Uh, oh, let's also talk about Nick Foles' contract because there's something really interesting about his contract. Which still, he still has $21 million guaranteed left on his deal. But now Foles has the ability to void the deal after either of the first two years, depending on his performance. So he can leave after a year. And so this is just crazy. So the, the Bears could end up losing Foles after one year if he doesn't want to stay there. That's crazy. And now the Jaguars have 12 picks in this year's draft. They have the ninth pick, the 20th, the 42nd, the 73rd, the 116, uh, 118, 140, 165, 170, 189, 206, 223, and that's it. They have all those draft picks, so they're going to be able to retool a little bit. Uh, it seems like they're in a bit of a rebuild right now. It'll be interesting to see how they re- retool their defense. Um, it's going to be fun watching them and see who they pick. Because they have 12 picks. That is crazy. That's a ton of draft capital they have this year. It'll be interesting to see what they do with all those picks. Maybe they make some moves, trade some of those picks to trade up. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, they also have double first-rounders in 2021. And they traded Yannick Nug... Nug... I, okay, I cannot say this dude's name. Yannick Nagakwe. I believe I said that right. And they traded him to the Eagles. I actually forgot... I don't know what they traded him to the Eagles for. Let me look it up. Because um, the Eagles made some big moves. Yannick Nagakwe to the Eagles. Let's see that trade. Uh, let's see. Uh, I can't find the trade. Okay, I can't find the terms of the trade. But he is an Eagle now. Um, moving on. Compensation update. Brian Poole will resign. With the Jets on a one-year, $5 million guaranteed deal. Uh, Brian Poole, not a great corner, but he's a solid nickel guy. Uh, he was good in Atlanta. I was really upset when we didn't sign him because it was going to cost us pennies to re-sign him. We didn't. We let him go to the Jets. Um, he's a solid player. Not going to make huge plays, but he's, gonna, he's a good tackler. I, I like Poole. Um, not going to have a huge impact on your team, but he's going to do the dirty work, which I like from a nickel corner. I like this deal for the Jets. Uh, also, former Bears pass rusher Leonard Floyd is signing a one one year, ten million dollar deal uh, with the with the Rams. It's worth up to thirteen million dollars. Uh, he he was let go by the Bears, uh, and he's signing with the Rams. He's a solid player. Hasn't really panned out so far. Uh, he's been pretty disappointing. Hopefully, he can get his career back on track with the Rams. I'd like to see him um, improve as a pass rusher. But that's a, that's a lot of money, but it is a one-year prove-it deal. Um, so the Rams are not – it's not a whole lot of commitment on the Rams' part. Uh, so I like that deal. Um, let's see. What else? Ha- okay, Rams, they re-signed offensive tackle Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth is a really good offensive tackle. I like it. They signed, re-signed him to a three-year deal. Keep him. Uh, the Rams are in a really, really weird spot right now. They have all, so much money tied up and just a small number of players. And Jalen Ramsey, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Goff. Uh, the Jerry Goff deal was really stupid. Uh, not that he's not worth it because he's a really good quarterback, but they signed him a year earlier than they had to, which is just that's that's a, a, a dumb decision to make. Never enter contract negotiations a year before you have to. Never enter these negotiations earlier than you knew. It's just because. It's a lose-lose situation, really. Like, cause it, 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 if the if the player ends up not performing well the next season, then that deal just bites you in the butt, and it's just smarter to just wait until you absolutely have to start negotiations to bring those up. Uh, but yeah, I like this deal for the Rams. Andrew Whitworth is a really good, a really good offensive tackle. Ooh, the Saints they have agreed to terms with safety Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm Jen- Jenkins. A really good safety. I like him. Um, he's been with the Eagles the past few years. And he signed a four-year, $32 million contract up to $35 million max with $16.25 million guaranteed. I like that signing. Jenkins is a really good safety. Um, getting up there in age, 
but he's still a good safety, can cover tight ends. I like him. Uh, a really good, a really good addition to their defense. Uh, I like that deal a lot. It's not too much. Only sixteen million guaranteed. That that's not bad at all for Malcolm Jenkins. I really like that deal. Um, the Eagles. I talked about them earlier. They they've been very active in free agency. They added Yannick Nagakwe to their team, and now they've added Darius Slay for a third and a fifth round pick in two thousand and twenty. They traded that. Um. And traded those to get Darius Slay, and they had a lot of issues in their secondary last year. Cornerback has been one of their most glaring needs, um, and they filled that. They added Darius Slay as one of the best corners in the league. I like Slay a lot, uh, and they didn't have to trade too much. Third and the fifth, um, that's still for a guy like Slay who was kind of getting up there in age a little bit. Uh, I can see some people having an issue with that, but a third and the fifth round pick for a team that's trying to contend. And who has a, a a glaring hole in their in their secondary? I like this trade, and now they can spend their draft pick on a guy like on a receiver like Justin Jefferson or Denzel Mims, or um, you know, I don't know if anybody else is really worth it, worth a pick there. Maybe if they want to go Jalen Rieger, but I would expect them to go after Mims and Justin Jefferson at this point with them adding Darius Slay. Uh, I don't expect them to go after like Christian Fulton now. Uh, with them filling their corner, uh, their a need at corner, but I like this pickup for them. Um, Yanni Nagakwe might they might not have officially traded for him yet, so I might just be an idiot saying he, he's an eagle. I don't know if he's actually been traded there yet. I okay, yes, I'm I'm actually an idiot, so don't ever listen to me ever again. He had a cryptic post on his Instagram that I totally forgot about, where he said uh vultures and had an emoji of a bird and so people have been speculating whether he's being traded to like the seahawks or the eagles if the eagles do in fact trade for him that would be a huge move a huge addition to their defense you know nagakwe is a really good pass rusher i like him a lot um adding slay and nagakwe that would be an amazing free agency for them for some reason i thought he had already been traded for to the eagles uh it hasn't it's not official yet but there's just speculation that he might be getting traded to Philly. Uh, and Broncos, they have informed former Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco that he's being waived with a failed physical. Uh, that sucks for him. Uh, but they're going to move on from him anyway just because they already have Drew Locke, who played really well at the end of the season. He started five games and proved in each of the five games. I like him. He has a chance to be a franchise quarterback. He really does. Drew Locke is a good quarterback. A lot of talent. Um, needs to work on his decision making a little bit, but he is a very good, a very good quarterback with a lot of potential. Uh, it just sucks that Joe Flacco got cut with a failed physical. That just has to stink for him. I feel for him. And Flacco now joins a group of free agent quarterbacks like Jameis Winston. Um, and and that's it. So Joe Flacco and Jameis Winston, those are probably two two of the top quarterbacks uh, in the free agent market right now. And then there's two quarterbacks in the trade block, Cam Newton and Andy Dalton. They're looking to get traded. Uh, it sounds like the Patriots might look to trade for Andy Dalton. And that'll be a good fit. Andy Dalton's not flashy. He, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. He's a very solid quarterback. And it would be interesting to see if Bill Belichick could win with a quarterback like Dalton. Uh, personally, I don't know if he could. I, I mean, I think he could. He's a really good coach. I think he could succeed with any quarterback that is at least solid. Um, and Andy Dalton is that. He's a solid quarterback. Just doesn't get the respect he deserves from the media. And Cam Newton, I'm really interested to see where Cam Newton goes. Because he's a top 10 quarterback when healthy. He just hasn't been healthy. Uh, hopefully he is. And I'd love to see him go to a team like New England. I'd love to see him there. I also wanted to see him go to a team like the Chicago Bears, but they already got their quarterback in Nick Foles. Um, it'll be interesting to see where he winds up if he gets traded. I don't know if he will. Um, but just keep, that's something to keep, keep an eye on. Uh, moving on, former Falcons linebacker Devontae Campbell signed with the Cardinals on a one-year deal worth of $8.5 million. Last year was probably his best deal or best year, especially as a coverage linebacker. He had a decent year last year. He saw this is a proving a proving uh year kind of contract. Uh, I like this for the Cardinals. He he's he's a solid linebacker. I'd like to see him improve um in coverage um because I think he can be even better than he was. Uh, but he's solid. 
And the final deal I have for us, tied in Eric Ebron is going to the Steelers on a two-year, $12 million deal. Um, he's a, he's got a lot of t- a talent, got a ton of talent. 2019 was a really bad year for him. He struggled, uh, missed a lot of games. But if we're getting 2018 Eric Ebron, this is a great deal, a great deal, and it's a steal. Uh, it just depends on what Eric Ebron we're getting. 2018 Eric Ebron is amazing, a really good tight end. Uh, it's just it'll be interesting to see which Eric Ebron shows up with the Steelers. And that does it for all the deals um, that I have so far. Uh, free agency isn't over, so if there was any huge deal that happened in the next few days, uh, you'll, I'll be sure to talk about it on the podcast. Uh, but let's finish this podcast off talking about the 2020 uh, draft class, or the 2020 quarterback class. This uh, draft class has so much talent. There is a ton of talent. It's a deep class. Um, and the dra- the quarterbacks are really, really good. There's four four really, really good quarterbacks that I think could all be franchise quarterbacks one day. That's Joe Burrow, Tua Tungavailoa, Jordan Love, and Justin Herbert. And then there's three quarterbacks who could possibly be starters one day. Um, one, uh, I think, is doesn't have a high ceiling but has a high floor. And I expect to be a career backup but a solid starter if he has to, if, if he gets put into that situation. That's Jake Fromm. But Jalen Hurts in a specific system, I think he could be good. And uh, Jacob Eason, he, he's got... A, a like a okay ceiling. His ceiling is not high, but it's like medium. It's like it, it it's weird. He's a, a weird prospect. I don't personally like him, uh, but some people are gonna fall in love with his with his big arm. And then we have Anthony Gordon. I think all those guys are probably gonna get drafted. Uh, I like all these quarterbacks. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven quarterbacks that I would be okay drafting. Uh, and but let's talk about each one of them individually. Joe Burrow, the best quarterback in this draft class. And even if Tua is healthy, I still think Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in this class. I think it's close when uh when Tua is healthy, but when the brights are the when the lights are the brightest uh, against the top teams they faced, Joe Burrow has performed better than Tua, and that's partly because Tua has been injured when facing um, some of his best opponents. Uh, but that's that's just part of his issue, injuries. He's injury-prone. It seems like he's made of glass. And there's no evidence that he's ever going to be healthy at the next level. I hope he is because he's talented. He's a really, really talented quarterback. Um, he's twitchy, great at making progressions, reading defenses, going from one read to the next with really, really quick, like just making those reads quickly. He's accurate. Got a better a better arm than Joe Burrow. A stronger arm. Um, not the strongest arm, uh, but it's a decent arm and he's very accurate. Um, good good decision maker. He's kind of like a, got a back a backyard football kind of style, um, which is interesting. It, it'll be interesting to see how that translate translates to the next level. I like to him, but Joe Burrow, he's fantastic. Great pocket presence. Um, he's incredibly accurate. A great decision maker. Great, is a great uh, decision maker. Can read defenses at a very high level. Um, doesn't have the biggest arm, which sometimes hurts him on deep balls. He'll underthrow balls um, when throwing deep. But he's just a very, very. He's a very good quarterback who has mastered the mental part of the game, and he's a different cat. Like. In interviews, you can just tell this dude oozes confidence. He has a lot of confidence. He's got a lot of poise. When the lights are the brightest, he doesn't shy away from the brightest moments. He comes prepared uh, on the on the brightest stage. And that's something that not a lot of quarterbacks have. He's a different cat. He really is. Uh, I think he's the best quarterback in this class, no matter who's healthy or not. He is that he he's the best quarterback in this class in my opinion. I love Joe Burrow. Um, I think the I think the Bengals should draft him. He he's gonna be a top ten quarterback for years to come in my opinion. I really like him. Tua not far behind him. He's talented in, in his own right, 
but his injuries are a red flag. I don't know if I would touch him because I, I don't think the evidence uh, points to him ever being healthy in the NFL. I hope he is because he's a really good kid. And he's a really good quarterback, really talented. I hope he's I hope he can stay healthy. I just don't know if he will. Jordan Love. Love is a complicated prospect. He's really talented. He's been compared to Patrick Mahomes, which I think is an unfair comparison because Patrick Mahomes is the t- most talented quarterback we've ever seen play the sport. Um, but Love is really talented. Last year he struggled, uh, and his stats reflect that. But you can't just look at stats when you're scouting quarterbacks. You got to look at the film. And he had a lot of new teammates, a lot of his weapons left. He had a new coaching staff, a new system. That's part of the reason why he struggled. And he also struggled trying to do too much. His decision making wasn't a strength, wasn't one of his strengths this past season. And it was obvious that he struggled with that. Like he would stay stuck on his, he would his eyes would be glued on his first read. Couldn't come off of it. Struggling to go through his progressions. That's something he has to improve upon as he comes into the league. As he gets to that next level. Uh, but he's a really talented quarterback. One thing that I like about him that other quarterbacks behind him struggle with. Is he can throw with touch and with power. Justin, Justin Herbert struggles with that. Herbert, it's like he, he's he's serving everybody with hot sauce. And not everyone ordered their dish with hot sauce. Sometimes you gotta put some touch in your balls. And you gotta, you know, float the ball into a space. You can't just, you throw it with a lot of power and just gun the ball into these tight spaces. Like, not every, not every throw requires you to just throw it with all your might. Um, and I like that Jordan Love can, at different spots, he can throw with touch. And his throws on the sideline are something that are really impressive. And he, he's got the arm, the arm strength. He's got, it really, really good mechanics. His footwork's great. His upper body mechanics are great. He's just got to improve on his decision making. I think he's got the highest ceiling out of any quarterback in this class. I hope he goes to a, a team that will, or he goes to a team with a coaching staff that will sit him for a year or two. Let him learn behind a veteran quarterback and teach him the game. I hope he goes to a team with a, a veteran quarterback that will sit down with him and teach him, and kind of be his mentor, I think that would help him a lot, and in the right system, he could flourish, and be a, and be a really, really talented quarterback at the next level, he's just got to go to that right system, Justin Herbert, when he is on, and when he is at his best, he is absolutely amazing, and no one can touch him, but I need to see that more, he's inconsistent, he doesn't throw with touch. He needs to improve his he needs to improve his ability to throw with anticipation. That's something he struggles with, and I want to see him improve that part of his game in the NFL. I like him. He's got one of, if not the strongest arms in the class. He can just straight drive the ball into these tight windows, and he can make throws that nobody else in this class can make. And when and like I said, he he. At his peak, his best performances are absolutely incredible. It's some amazing stuff. Like his film um, is kind of frustrating because there's mistakes he makes. Like, there's t- plays where he tries to do too much. But there's some plays where it's like, wow, this dude might be the most talented quarterback in this class. And he, he he's so mobile. He can make plays outside of the pocket. He's got a very strong arm. He's accurate. He's a smart guy. He's got all the tools to be successful at the next level. It's just the inconsistency and the way he performed against the best competition in college. Um, or, you know, how he didn't perform so well against top. That's what I'm talking about. He didn't perform very well against the top competition in college. He really struggled. Partly because his offense sucked. I didn't like his offense. His teammates weren't that good. Um... But and I don't mean to bash on his teammates. It's nothing personal. It's just that's a fact. They weren't very good. His offense wasn't very good. Um, I I like Herbert. I just don't like him as much as I like Glove, Tungavailoa, and Burrow. I think he's got a lot, uh, a very high ceiling, but I think he also has a very a low floor. And I think there's some bust potential with him. Moving on, Jalen Hurts, not a great passer. 
so he's got to fix his mechanics, his upper body mechanics in particular. Uh, he's got he's pretty accurate, uh, but his accuracy is affected by his upper body mechanics. That's something he's got to improve because his 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 throwing motion is not compact. It's wide. He's throwing at like a 45 degree angle instead of a 90 degree angle. That's something he's got to improve upon. And he's an all arm thrower. And that's something I can't have with my quarterback. I need a guy who is using all of his body to throw and not just his arm. That's something he struggles with. The reason I do like Jalen Hurts as a prospect is what he can do with his legs. He is a very athletic quarterback. And I think in a system like Lamar Jackson is in in Baltimore. And that in a, in a system similar to that, where his where the system is using his legs more than his arm, I think he could be very successful at the next level in that system. A coach just has to utilize his running ability because I don't trust him enough as a passer to draft him. But in a in a specific system where he's running a lot of read options and zone reads and short passes, RPOs, in a system like that. I think he could be successful at the next level. I just wouldn't ask too much of him as a passer. Because, you know, honestly, sometimes he's just not a good passer, in my opinion. I think he could improve. And if he improves his mechanics, he could improve as a passer and become a very solid passer one day. I actually like Hurts. I would have like a fourth or a fifth round grade on him. I think he's got some potential uh, as a runner like in a, in a system that utilizes his rushing ability. Um, but he's not, not a good passer. Um, sometimes his balls die on him. He's got good arm strength, and, and that, you can see that in his 50 miles per hour, um, velocity. Uh, but his mechanics kind of make that inconsistent. Sometimes his balls die on him. Sometimes he's throwing ducks. He, his accuracy is an issue sometimes. He's not a great decision maker. Sometimes holds on to the ball too long. Sometimes leaves the pocket earlier than he should. Um, he's an interesting prospect, and like I said, I hope he goes to the right the right system and a, a team that utilizes him, his rushing ability, because he, he's got some potential as a mobile quarterback. He really does. I, I lo- I, I'm really excited to see what he can do at the next level, because he's a great teammate, a great leader, and the reason I have him ranked above Jacob Eason is because of his leadership. That's that's what pushes him over the edge, in my opinion. I really like Hertz. As like, he's a great guy, a great human being, and he he interviews well. He's a really good person. And even if he never pans out, he's gonna be a guy you're gonna want to keep in your locker room. He he really is. I like Hertz a lot. He's a great dude, and and he's been a really great teammate all throughout college. I like him a lot. Jacob Eason. I don't like him at all. To be honest, I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be blunt. I don't like him at all. He's got a big arm, but he's very inaccurate. His mechanics are meh. He, he he's an all arm thrower, and he can't really throw with touch. So he's throwing everything with hot sauce. He's th- he's throwing everything with power. Throwing everything like a bullet pass instead of a touch pass, and he's just his accuracy is an issue. Decision making isn't great. I didn't see a lot of good thing, good things from him on film. When he's uh, in play action passes, he's really good. Um, that is one thing, I'll, one positive I'll say about him. And he has the strongest arm in this entire class, and he can make throws that other quarterbacks can't. But his his decision making, his accuracy, it, it's not very good. He he's a low four. He doesn't interview well, which I also don't like. I think he has a okay, okay ceiling, but a very low floor. I think he's gonna be a bust. I really do. And no, like I say, like I said earlier, nothing personal about these guys. Um, none of this is personal. It's all just what I see on film, and I, I just don't think Eason has what it takes to be a great quarterback at the next level. I don't. I just don't think he does. And I, ho- I hope he proves to me wrong because I, I see, so, I see some talent. When he throws the ball deep, it is a beautiful, it's a beautiful sight. Um, but he's too inconsistent, his accuracy is an issue, and his mechanics are not that great. Um, and his decision-making leaves to, a lot to be, um, I, don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but his decision-making is not very good. And I think he's going to be a bust. Jake Fromm, uh, 
not a very doesn't have a lot of athleticism and it's physical doesn't have a lot of physical tools or or very impressive physical tools, but he's smart, makes good decisions, he's accurate, and I, I would like sometimes he he his eyes are glued to one side of the field and he doesn't move through his his progressions. He doesn't go from his first read to his second to his third to his fourth. He doesn't do that. He goes from like his first to his second. But he never goes to his third read. I want to see him improve on that. But he's a, he's a smart quarterback. He can throw with touch. Doesn't have a lot of arm strength, which is why I would not even touch him in the first round. And probably wouldn't touch him in the second round. I, I think he's a, a good backup quarterback. I think that's what his role will be in the NFL. And if you ever need to start him, if you ever need to start to throw him in that role, and throw him on the field, I think he could be successful because, like I said, he doesn't make bad decisions. He's a good decision maker. He's smart. Um, he knows how to read defenses. Just the physical tools and his athleticism or lack thereof leaves a lot to be desired. And and he's, like, in the red zone, he is so impressive in the red zone. Like, like the faves to the back corner of the end zone, he is just amazing at those um and there's some things some plays where i'm just like wow this guy isn't very impressive but i i I mean i see the consistency the one issue i have with him is that he got worse over his college career and that's a red flag in my opinion like he, he was great as a freshman and looked like he had a lot of potential but he got worse every year and i don't like that he he's a smart quarterback not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. He's a game manager, and I think he, he could be a solid starter at the next level. I think his ceiling is a solid starter, but I think he's probably going to be a a um, a good backup, a good backup, a career backup. I think that's um, where I project him as. I wouldn't pick him too high. I wouldn't pick him in the first two rounds, but, you know, in the third round, he's he, if you need a backup quarterback, I would pick him. He's not going to lose you games, but and he's he's not going to lose you games, but he's also not going to win you games. He's a game manager. That's what I would label him as. All right, let's wrap up the podcast with Anthony Gordon, who is a intriguing uh, prospect. I like his upper body mechanics. His footwork are his footwork's kind of disgusting. He's too toesy, but the weird thing is he's really toesy. But when he get when he's ready to throw the ball. He puts his back foot in the ground, and he's ready to unload the football. It's really weird. Um, it's kind of unprecedented, um, but that's something I like about his about his mechanics. His t- his footwork is is kind of weird. He's a little toesy, but I like that when he gets ready to throw the ball, he puts his back foot in the ground, and he's ready to unload the ball. He's got a really fast release. He he throws with anticipation. Um, he's very accurate. He's a good decision maker. But what I don't like about Anthony Gordon is he doesn't have great physical tools. His pocket presence is okay. It can be it can be a lot better, and he plays in the air raid system, which it it's the reason the air raid system a lot of the reason a lot of people question it is because you're reading spots on the field, you're reading open grass instead of reading the defense, and but instead of doing that, Anthony Gordon really kind of keeps his eyes glued to his receiver which you cannot do at the next level like if you do that you're gonna you're gonna throw a lot of picks and I'm afraid that's gonna happen to him at the next level he also doesn't have a very strong arm the it, when throwing deep the ball dies on him he's a smart quarterback which I like um uh, and in the later rounds I can see a team I'd like to see a team take a chance on him uh because he the the, the there's a, a lot there. there. There's something there with Anthony Gordon. He's smart. He throws, throws with anticipation. He's got a, a, a super quick release. But the physical tools are not there. And I'd like to see his pocket presence improve. Because, like Joe Burrow, when he his pocket presence is elite. He climbs a ladder, steps up in the pocket, and he's, he's just dotting defenses. All like all like uh, his film was amazing, and it was it was a joy to watch Joe Burrow step up in the pocket, climb the ladder, and make throws. My bad, I just hit my table. 
Um, and I'd like to see Anthony Gordon do that. Uh, I really question how he would fit in a pro-style offense because he plays in an air raid system. Um, and it, that it, quarterbacks in that system tend to not succeed at the next level. Um, I like Anthony Gordon. He's not high on my rankings. I don't actually have a set rankings or a rankings for my quarterbacks, uh, but he would be pretty low. He would be out outside my top five, and at highest, he would probably be seven. Um, but I like Anthony Gordon. He's smart, um, accurate, good decision maker, um, good mechanics, and throws with anticipation. Just doesn't have a super strong arm, and. And he comes from an air raid system, which quarterbacks in that system, like I said, don't tend to be success- successful at the next level. But yeah, those are my thoughts on some of the top quarterbacks in this draft class. I hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. I thought it was a really good episode. It was really fun to interview Trevor Lawrence. Um, and free agency has been really fun so far. But anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed this. If you want to see more content from us here at The Wire, check out our website at thewiresports.com. We have articles. We have this podcast. Uh, we have videos. We have a YouTube channel called um, "It's The Wire," so go check that out. Uh, we have videos. I recently did a video on Chase Young, so go check that out. But anyways, I hope y'all enjoyed this, and I will see y'all next time. Whoa, 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 whoa.